Hey everyone, welcome to the Afterwards podcast. My name is Michael Ashford. I'm the head speaker coach at TEDx Manitou Springs and also a two-time TEDx speaker myself. And I'm here with a another TEDx speaker. This is Meredith Massey. She's gonna introduce herself. Meredith, Hello. welcome to the first ever. You're the first ever uh, guest on this show, so welcome. No pressure. <laughs> uh, thank you. And it's so fun to be back with you, my yeah. coach, and um, to have this afterwards conversation about, um, you know, what we did together and after the words, after the words were spoken, <laughs> we're going to figure a lot of this out as we go here, <laughs> if you can't already tell, uh, but I, I love podcasting. So this is, uh, this is right up my alley and hopefully, uh, for the folks listening or the folks watching that you get some enjoyment and learn some things about all things, uh, behind the scenes of what goes on for a TEDx event. Or, or anything like that. So we're gonna get into it with our first question, which I think I'm gonna make this a rolling question for all the guests that come here on the show here, which is, Meredith, what's inspiring you right now? TEDx is meant to inspire and, and uh, share ideas with the world. So what's inspiring you right now? I'm so glad you asked, Michael. <laughs> um, the, when I think about what I talked about and spoke, to, spoke about in my TEDx, talk. Um, the one thing that, that is sticking out for me is authenticity. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I'm certified in a couple of different suites of assessments and, um, and they help people figure out like how they do what they do best naturally. And I've gotten so good at, you know, sort of coaching other people around that. And all of a sudden, I, I feel like I've, have it, I've had to recently take a step back and remind myself, remind my, I touched my microphone, um, <laughs> remind myself what that looks like for me so that I can step into my own authenticity because it's when I'm in that space that I feel like I am, can bring the most value to like my clients and the people I work with. So let's relate that to the process of stepping on the red dot. Oh boy. How <laughs> <laughs> some people might look at, you know, uh, the TEDx format or might look at even just public speaking in general and say, that's a performance. You're putting on a performance in the middle of, mm. uh, of that stage. What would be your answer to that? What would, how did you approach making sure that yes, you had an idea and you had a way that you wanted to deliver it, mm -hmm. but you wanted to show up and bring that to the audience in your genuine, authentic way? Yeah. Um, I, for me, it didn't feel like a performance per se. Um, it felt more like, here's how I focused on it was there's going to be a room full of people in this, in this case, primarily women, because it was a TEDx women right. event. And I thought what there's one person in this audience who needs to hear what I'm going to share. And even if it's just one, I'm going to tell, you know, do my talk in a way that is authentic to me with a little help from a great coach, <laughs> uh, authentic to me and speak directly to into the, you know, the hearing of that one person who needed to hear what I had to say. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's take a step back 
let's introduce yourself to the audience because we have really haven't done that yet. They know your name, but oh yeah, that <laughs> you've you've also kind of mentioned a little bit of the work that you do. But mm-hmm. as we get into talking about how you crafted and prepared your talk, tell us a little bit more about yourself, Meredith. So I have been. It's funny. I, I've been a career coach since 2010. And even when I say that, I think, mm, but really informally, my entire career. Um, I just started to finally put some parameters and a framework around it. And so I, I did career coaching for an organization out of Denver for a very long time and then ended up in sales. And that was fine, but I missed that the coaching. Fine. That was fine. <laughs> Watch the TED Talk. You can hear all about it. Um, and... And then recently completed my executive coaching certification and, you know, went, jumped through all the hoops to be fully blessed off by the organization (laughs) that is one that's a a governing organization over the, the, uh, coaching industry, if you will. So, so over a period of time, I've, I've, you know, been a student of my own clients and watching what they need and, and, um, what am I trying to say? Finding the kind of the, the common themes in all of those conversations. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's what, I, I don't even remember your question now, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's still what, yourself. <laughs> yeah. So that's, so I've, you know, I've worked for other people. I'm still working for other people. I'm also launching my own coaching business because I'm, I am committed to helping other people figure out what it looks like for them to show up authentically, either as a job seeker, so that when you, you know, put your marketing materials together, you get ready for the the interview, you get hired, you get to show up that first day of work as exactly who you are. And you haven't sold them, you know, a bill of goods because you think that's what they want to hear from you. Um, Same thing with leaders who are trying to figure out, oh my God, how do I do this people leader thing? Like I was pretty good as a frontline, Mm -hmm. you know, worker bee, whether it was, I was in sales or engineering or HR. Um, Holy crap. Now I have to manage other people and be a role model. And how do I do that? Again, how do you show up authentically as you so that you can then create space for your team and your direct reports to do the same? I think one of the hardest things in my full-time job, I'm the director of marketing at a company. So I'm I'm one of those leaders who, you know, hires a lot. And one of the hardest things for me to do is to get over that person, that new hire's career trauma that they may have been oh, coming away from. Thank you. <laughs> why, why does that resonate with uh, you? Just thank you for being aware that that's, that's a thing. Mm. It's a thing. I started a new role in 2021 and I spent a year or more talking about needing to unlearn how I had shown up in almost every other role prior to that. So bless you for being the kind of leader (laughs) who recognizes that people need to, even if it's not full on trauma, that there are things that they need to unlearn when when they walk through the door to work 
for your company, with you, with their new team. And and wouldn't it be lovely if we could create a safe space for people to come in and show up 100% as themselves? Similar to how you showed up on the red dot, authentically, Mm. perhaps, and not performing. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to tie everything around (laughs) right here. (laughs) So, okay, so how does one go from that being the the thing you want to do in your career and and your job and helping other people to saying, I have the audacity to want to take this to the TEDx stage? Like, where does that, for a lot of people, I think that's what perhaps is a barrier for Mm. them is like, who am I? to bring this to the world on this type of stage. Oh my gosh. How did you sort through that in your most authentic way? <laughs> I I don't know if this is exactly how I sorted through it, but but putting myself in somebody else's shoes, thinking about who am I? I mean, I, first of all, I do that a lot. You know, the imposter syndrome is strong with me, <laughs> young Padawan. Um, but so it it's it's recognizing that you have some, you have something important to share with the world. You have an idea worth spreading. And even if it just spreads to one person, that one person needs to hear that message. So just do it. Okay, so let's <laughs> let's go behind the scenes here a little bit. Dun, dun, dun. Before we started recording here, we were talking about <laughs> Meredith's, Meredith's strength that can turn into a toxic trait. <laughs> and you were talking about inclusivity. Yes. And what I'm and how you want to include everyone, mm-hmm. you want everybody to be kind of a part of it or in the know. But that's juxtaposed with what you've said up to this point, which is mm. you were even if there was one person in that audience who got your message of and I encourage everyone obviously to go listen and watch your TED talk, your TEDx talk. That that is a that's a odd juxtaposition to, to sit here and, and kind of, I want to talk it through with you. Like okay. how did you get through or over that need to want to include as many people knowing that it may have just been one who took something away and it was much more than one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, it was much more than one person. I being in that room, there was way more than one person who was well, that's very motivated and say. inspired by your talk. Absolutely. And that continues to be the case, but I'll shut up now. And I just asked the question, like, how did you, pair those two kind of dichotomy, like separate, but equal, um, I don't like, yeah, I don't like even using that word, that phrase, but (laughs) it's a really good question that I honestly had not thought of or even thought about or given any thought to, um, I wonder if reflecting back, if that idea of there's going to be one person who needs to hear, even if it even if the whole room doesn't need to hear. Um, I don't know. I don't know. God, I don't you know just is totally, a good answer. You totally <laughs> blew my mind with this one. Um, okay, so let, let me ask a different question then that may be somewhat similar. Okay. How do you not put that type of pressure on yourself to make sure that everyone in that room just loves the talk and is is just like ready to take all of your words and like go with it how do you not put that kind of pressure on yourself Mm. then for somebody thinking about doing a tedx talk um you just you have to remember that you you have an idea worth spreading Mm -hmm. and even again maybe it's maybe it's 
well, I don't know, maybe this is more pressure than not. But even <laughs> if it's not one person in the room, like once it gets posted on the interwebs, you know, somebody's going to he- hear and see you um, and, and need to hear that. I, I think I just really dove into that idea of I was this person like I was speaking to almost to myself or my my past self um, by using the story of you know how I got to where I was and um, and and thinking that I, surely I'm not alone yeah. in this experience in this particular very human experience um and just pouring yourself into the idea that somebody needs somebody else needs to hear your story. Okay, so as a speaker coach, what you just said <laughs> is what I tell everyone. <gasps> I learned from the best. Write your write your talk <laughs> as if you're as if it's the talk that you need. Not yeah, not yes. that 500 million other people need. Yeah. Write the talk like we often hear authors say I'm writing a book. It's the book that I need. Yeah. Like the book that I needed to write for myself. And that's, that's very similar to what we're talking about here. Oh and what you gosh. just, in, like what you just and communicated. And even in my, even in my coaching work, I will be fully focused on my client in that moment. And then when we're done, I'll think, holy cow, I needed to hear that today too. Yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> it is. So, it works out that way. <laughs> yeah. We, we, what we best teach what we most need to learn. I think that holds a lot of weight mm-hmm. when we're talking about this. I Absolutely. have to credit one of my earlier coaches, Beth, for that phrase. So well, thanks, kudos Beth. to Beth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So a uh, few quick wrap up questions here. Mm-hmm. What was the most enjoyable part of the process of just crafting your talk and, and thinking, this is what I'm going on stage with. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now let's be clear. I'm not saying this to butter anybody up, <laughs> but truly the most enjoyable thing was working with my coach. I was not fishing for compliments here. I know you, I know you weren't. I know you weren't. That's why I wanted to qualify that up front. Well, but thank you. I had this idea. I've had, I've been working with this idea since 2010. I've been using that framework with people since 2010 and I've all I always had the the thought or the feeling that it was too telly (laughs) that's not even a word (laughs) right but I was spending too much time telling you're pointing the finger at people and saying you need you need to do this um or here's how to do it right maybe not you need to but here's how to do it and just follow these steps and if you want help let me know and you said well, how many, who have you helped to do this? Who, tell us a story, tell me a story about someone who's been impacted by this. Yeah. <gasps> I mean, that, that one simple bit of uh, suggesting, you know, that advice to wrap in a, a real story, or in my case, like four or five yeah. of, in this case, again, actual women who had, sort of followed some of my suggestions and where that led to them, I think what is what made my talk hopefully that much more relatable because maybe people could sort of put themselves in the shoes of these women that I said, and, you know, and take Michelle and take Kristen Mm -hmm. and, 
And so what was going through my head is it just you those people in that room or who watch can just plop themselves into your talk and that's yes. me. Yeah. Yes, and that was that was when I feel like my TED talk really or TEDx talk really unlocked. Yeah. Was when my great coach suggested <laughs> including some stories. I promise to the folks listening, I did not set any of this <laughs> he up. Didn't. This is I not going to, to be a regular thing. <laughs> okay. So if you were giving advice to a future TEDx speaker, mm. um, thinking back on your process and from, from start to finish from application or, or like meeting with Mickey, the, the curator of the event, mm-hmm. um, to, to crafting the talk to the day of, to the post and the marketing <laughs> of it. The thing that you would say, hey, think about this. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not gonna think about it until it hits you. What would that be for you? Um, practice. Yeah. Oh my gosh, practice. practice. <laughs> and and practice some more. And I, I don't know if you all know this, but I had to do the week before my TEDx talk. I needed to travel to be with my lifelong best friend whose mother had passed away. I was aware. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I mean, I had crafted, we had edited and I had essentially a script, but I hadn't had time to practice until literally four days before mm. the event. I don't recommend that. <laughs> I'm not sure how you did that. <laughs> And so, but when it's, when it's something that you feel, you know, passionate about, that it is your idea worth, is it spreading or sharing? Spreading. Spreading. When it is your idea worth spreading and you, you've got the story in your head, you know it. Practice, practice, practice some more. I I think I practiced for like 72 hours straight. (laughs) And then by the time the event actually happened... I thought, okay, either, either I know it or I don't, but I, I know it in like, in my, it's part of my DNA. So I'm just going to get up and, and share the story and whatever comes out, comes out. And I will, can I be honest here? Yeah, of course. No, Um, lie, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, there were things that I know that I flubbed. Yeah. You know, I, after the fact is going to say that, yeah. There were things that I know didn't come out the way I had planned. And and there were a couple of times in the moment I was like, "Oh, whoops, that was that was the a story about the wrong person and but they don't know that." Yeah. You know, and it's still it's still meaningful even though I was talking about, you know, Michelle and not Kristen or whatever. <laughs> um and just give yourself the grace to to do that. And when it's over and you realize, oh, shoot, <laughs> I flubbed that piece. Uh, oh, well, that's what was meant to happen in that moment. That It's just what was meant to happen. And again, behind the scenes for folks, you actually had to restart your talk because of tech <laughs> issues, right? Oh, <laughs> I don't wish I that don't know on. how you did that. <laughs> I, when I was on stage both times to restart the talk from the beginning would have just like, I think I would have like folded in on myself. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know why or how this happened, but so there were, I was all mic'd up. The cameras were rolling. 
So I don't even remember what happened. Like something wasn't recording right or something. I don't even remember either. And and someone, you know, it's like that big cartoon um, hook <laughs> that comes off and like pulled me <laughs> off the stage, right? Not really. Um, and and I remember thinking, of course, of course, this happened. You know, okay, so it's time to reset. And I almost feel like that was helpful because it helped me like get out of my own way and yeah. stop being nervous. And, you know, can I say it? Stuff happens. <laughs> um, and stuff just happened. And, and I remember going back to the little backstage area and, and, you know, people are like, Oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, you know, I, I can't not be, it yeah. just happened. Whatever. <laughs> Give me another mint, some water. And, oh, we're going to start again from the very beginning? Uh, okay, I guess we'll do that. And you rocked it. You rocked <laughs> You're it. You're so, so kind. So I want to know how doing a TEDx talk affected career. You know, did you meet anybody new? Like, what was the outcome oh of it and the effect on your life, both personally and professionally? Um, first of all, I never thought in a million years that little old me would get to do a TEDx talk. And when the opportunity came up and, you know, here I was standing on the red dot, I thought, oh, wow, <laughs> this is pretty cool. <laughs> um, now I, I mean, I, because it's the message that I preach and teach in my coaching, um, you know, I encourage people to watch it, not for, not for, you know, self aggrandizing, mm -hmm anything but um here get to know me and if yeah. you like what you hear and you like what you see then let's work together i've also used it i i've created a link in my own resume so when i'm applying for jobs like i want people to know that that i can hold my own in front of a microphone this is my happy place <laughs> it's right in front of a microphone in front of other people so um you know i i Gosh, I'd love to say that I went on to, you know, win <laughs> a spot in Harrison Ford's next movie or something. Or... I had no idea that was even on your radar <laughs> there, Meredith. I didn't either. It just came out. Um, or in a video with Lady Gaga. I love Lady Gaga. Um, but I think, I think it's been, mostly for me, it's been just sort of a self-fulfilling Holy crow, I did that. Yeah. What I loved about it was... And I can't wait it, to do another one. <laughs> it feels like you are offering up people a window into who you are as a person. Like mm. there is that that outpouring of, I've worked so hard to tell this story in mm. this way, in this format, on this stage, that if you watch it, you're going to know me. Sort of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I said, um, I don't know how to be anybody else anymore. Yeah. I tried that for a very long time. It's exhausting. <laughs> so why not just go ahead and show up who you are and yeah. So I just, I love having it out in the universe. <laughs> Meredith, thank you so much. Um, I, I don't think I've seen you since the event I know. in person. So this is thrilling. I again. know. I'm so glad we got to reconnect. And thank you for showing up as authentically as you have both here and on uh, on stage during the I talk. Appreciate so thank that. you. I've decided that um, I don't really know who else to be except for me. That's the way to go. Right Thanks, on. everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>